0: Hey guys, this is Colin from Blackjack Apprenticeship, and I am joined with Marco Polo, also known as Marco, uh, also known as Marco Polo 212 from the BJA Forum. He's a full-time professional advantage player and Card Counter, and we're also joined with co-host Joe748. How's it going, Marco Polo? Good. How are you? I'm I'm good. How are you doing, Joe748?
1: Good, good. I just had a quad shot latte, so
2: I'm ready for this Whoa. (laughs) Nice.
0: Oh, man. Now I feel like I need some coffee, but (laughs) I'm a
2: little jealous.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're going to take a brief break, and I'll get juiced up with caffeine. (laughs) No, no time for that. No time for that. Uh, I want to get into your story, Marco. Uh, Can you tell us a little bit about what you were doing before Blackjack, and what led you into card counting?
2: Well, I was... Doing a welding job, I wasn't exactly happy with the job. I didn't hate it. It wasn't the worst thing in the world, but it was, uh, I worked in the heat, I worked in the, the terrible cold, uh, over, uh, worked in Kansas City, so the weather wasn't always great. And I just wasn't very happy with it. So, I, uh, me and my girlfriend had offers to go. I think I went to like a bachelor party or something years and years ago. For So for some reason, Caesars was still sending me room offers. So we would just get out of the house and go use these free room offers. Like, why not, right? So I would go down to the casino floor by myself just to go look at what's out there and see if I want to gamble. Well, I came across Blackjack, and I remember the movie, obviously,
0: which which movie? 21?
2: Yeah, it's called 21, right? Yeah. And uh, so I remember the movie, and I, I was like, card counting is a thing, right? Like, is it actually a thing you can do to make money, though? So I, I did some research and, of course, came across your website, Colin. But I did not buy it right away. I I looked into it, and it looked like something I'm interested in, and that can be done. So I started kind of practicing and training to see if I'm able to do this and uh, let's see I trained for about six months doing it and then I bought the membership for your website
1: what were you using yeah like your training like tool like where were, where were you getting the info
2: so I would look at the, the site uh, calendar site and do like the mini course is that what it's hmm. called
0: yeah there's like the free video mini course and then we got like a few free training drills
2: Right. And then I'd watch all the YouTube videos and just come anything I came across that would help me train, I would do or deal decks decks to myself. But I didn't really understand it at first. I thought card counting was what I needed to learn first. I didn't know there was a basic strategy and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I, I started dealing decks to myself at home, just trying to count cards. And then basic strategy came after that.
0: And it's kind of a chicken or the egg. You're going to have to learn both. But usually I recommend someone get just really, really good at basic strategy first. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with getting really, really good at counting first, then learning basic strategy. And there's enough out there that you can absolutely train, you know, with with the free stuff out there. Plenty of people do it. Uh, but then where where'd things go from there, you spent six months kind of training on your own. You got a membership and... and then what?
2: Yeah. So I bought the membership and I started reading on your form and I seen people talking about like meeting up. And people just kept talking about it. Like, let's meet up at a bar and do some networking or training or, or just meet people. But no one would really follow through with doing it. <laughs> so I seen uh, Fateful on the forum and he was interested in meeting up. So I ended up messaging him, I think, and we we followed through with meeting up and trying to get other people to meet up and do some training and stuff like that. And we ended up calling it the Midwest meetup because we're from the Midwest and the majority of people that wanted to meet up were in our area in the Midwest.
0: And so where how, how was that meetup?
2: Um, it was small at first. It was just like five people. It was mm-hmm. uh, me, Ora Hunter, Faithful. I think a small town guy was at the first one. And it was good. We, we basically, we didn't do a lot of training the first time we met up, we kind of just got to meet each other and make sure we're not going to get killed.
0: Yeah. No (laughs) no weirdos showed up or
2: right. Yeah. So we just met and talked and kind of talked about our goals for pursuing card counting.
0: And, and uh, no training then, but then it led to uh, another another meetup.
2: Right. So after that, I, I uh, kept doing it by myself after that meetup and, we planned to do another one like in the next year, but that, that didn't happen for a long time. I did my own thing for the rest of the year and uh, met more people and I did red chipping by myself. Uh-huh. And we just kind of kept in touch. And then later uh, we ended up doing another Midwest meetup. So there'd be the second one at this point. And we had almost too many people show up that we <laughs> <laughs> it was just too much to handle.
0: And there was training at that one, right?
2: Right. So the second one was all training. Uh, people could come work on whatever they wanted to work on. Uh, a couple pros showed up, came through, and did test outs for people. Not saying they were free test outs, but it was available. It was an option to do.
0: That's awesome. So you guys, I guess I could thank you for it, but really inspired me with that meetup. I thought that is so awesome. Um, oh, that's it, right. You, you did one in
2: Seattle, right? We,
0: we did, yeah, yeah. um and I mean, honestly, it was part of why we, you know did this whole chat room uh, software and the regional chat rooms is like, how do we kind of empower people to, yeah, I want to learn card counting, but it's hard on my own, and it's lonely and all that stuff. And then you guys did this mi- Midwest meetup. It was like, oh man. People could find other people in their area, you know, if we had had this. And then we did one. Yeah, Seattle uh, probably would have done more if if one, if my wife didn't mind me inviting a bunch of strangers over to our house. But she's <laughs> she's like not, not yet letting me do that. Um, so we we had to you know, have to find somewhere else to do it. The other is there's been this weird pandemic going on. So it's kind of hard to plan some of that stuff. Not a lot of places are like, yeah, we want, you know, at least here in Seattle, we want Twenty people, all in, all in a room together. Um, but uh, but it's awesome what you guys are doing. It's it's actually kind of changed blackjack apprenticeship in some ways. So good job. Cool. I did not know that. Yeah. So so then where things go from there? Your second Midwest meetup. You're finding people. You're training.
2: Yeah. So after the second Midwest meetup, uh, on my way home, I had to drive like four hours to get back home. But I was stopping at casinos on my way, and I had a pretty good upswing at that point so a good upswing for red chipping yeah and so i ended up deciding to pay for a boot camp and i spent half my bankroll to go to your boot camp wow which i think i think it was the right decision i was at that point where i was confident in my game being being pretty close to perfect I'm sure it wasn't perfect at the time, but I was confident it was at the point I need to go do boot camp and learn what else I need to know.
1: Can you uh, take it, take us through that decision? Like, because I feel like not many people would do that. Uh, And then the people that have done it, I've heard that they, you know, don't regret doing it and they, you know, absolutely were glad they did it. But like, it is a pretty big leap of faith to throw in half of your bankroll to, to go for it. So what was that like, like making that decision?
2: Right, I, I was nervous. Like I, I just had an upswing. I didn't want to throw away a lot of my bankroll, but I feel like it was a good decision because I was doing that to get better at what I'm doing and and hopefully make that money back I spent on bankroll by continuing doing the red
0: shipping and card counting. So you came to the boot camp, and how how did it go? Who who tested you? Do you remember? Yeah, Joe tested me out actually. Oh, fun! <laughs>
2: and if if you guys haven't seen Joe Deal, uh,
0: <laughs> I've seen it.
2: <laughs> it's fast. <laughs> yeah.
0: So Joe, how did Marco's uh, test out go? Do you remember?
1: Man, I I hate, I hate to say it, but I can't remember. There's just been so many yeah test outs. So yeah, like,
2: I, I didn't think you would have remembered. You have so many people come through, and yeah, I mean, how did it go? So I. So you guys ask before you guys do test outs, like people raise their hand if they think they're going to pass. I was starting to raise my hand because I was like, I could maybe pass. I want to try at least, but I don't think I'll like get it 100%, especially with Joe dealing to me. So, But uh, it went how I kind of expected. I had Joe te- uh, dealing ahead, Sassy Red doing the evaluation and i made three mistakes i think i bought insurance too early once uh, i might have been off of my running count by a little bit or a deck estimation wasn't perfect whenever i was buying insurance i had some mistakes which i expected but i wasn't too happy
0: and w- what did you do from there were you able to like hone in on your training or you just go back to playing
2: yeah so i when i was in vegas during the boot camp i continued playing uh, i actually went to uh El Cortez to get my first back off just to say (laughs) I think a lot of people have done that yeah but I I went back home cleaned up my game as much as I could Uh, I kept red chipping at my locals
0: and how many hours did you feel like you'd put in at that point
2: Uh, I think before boot camp I was at about 120 hours or so and then after that I was uh, a little closer to 200 hours
0: after you mean just red chipping yeah just red chipping and did your bankroll keep growing you said it was like positive variance yeah. and did it just keep going going up yeah well so
2: i feel like i did i didn't do it the wrong way like i red chipped gradually and and uh, just kept doing that like i didn't do a hail mary or i didn't like get super lucky with a big bet spread in the beginning like some people so uh-huh. i feel like i did it the right way do you agree
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I just got stupid lucky, and and you can't count on that. And for every one of me, there's there's probably you know twenty twenty versions of me out there that you know went bust, and that was their card counting adventure. And and back at you know the welding job or whatever.
2: Yeah, and Joe, didn't you uh, do like two different bankrolls when you first started? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah the, I mean, first one was totally my fault. Uh, And the second one, it was kind of more like your trajectory. Yeah. Just like after getting tested out and just, you know, being like conservative about risk and and all that and just letting it grow slowly.
0: And the second one, you, you knew your risk, right? Joe? Yeah. Yeah. I
1: actually knew what risk (laughs) of ruin was. So Marco, I had a question about the boot camp. Like, was there one thing that was like, like a really juicy nugget of information that you took with you? Like what stuck with you the most? At boot camp, like a piece of advice or like a strategy or something like that?
2: Well, I was more worried about having a perfect game. So, what you guys wrote down in my evaluation was um, what I, I really paid attention to. But I took uh, a load of information from boot camp, like your guys' presentations. Uh, Andy Yule came in to do a presentation. I, I got a lot of info from that, uh, just the insight from a pit boss or, or whatever yeah. his uh, mm-hmm. position is now
0: yeah yeah that was fun. he's a dual rate uh so so yeah that was and and a former card counter so that was fun um so it was it man it's it's so tough i'm not here trying to like sell boot camps uh and i'm just trying to put myself in your shoes and you know it's like you need your brains you need your bankroll and like do you do you spend a good chunk of the bankroll to make sure that you've got the skills so that you don't just go bust or or do you say well i really need the bankroll and i'm not I'm not here telling people what to do. I'm glad you felt like it was worth it. That makes me feel good. But uh, but that, that's a tough spot to be.
2: Yes, yeah, so I, feel, I feel like it was the right decision to go to that boot camp, even though I spent half my bankroll to go to it. Because I was at the time where I needed to make sure my game was where it needed to be. And if I'm going to keep going, and if I ever hit my initial goal, am I going to keep doing this? And if I do, I need to really pay attention to having a perfect game. Yeah. So boot camp was the right decision. Did you uh, still have your job at this point? Yeah, yeah, I did. And uh then when COVID hit, I I lost my job. I got terminated permanently, which I did not expect Whoa. whatsoever. Yeah, like they they told me uh we we're, we're all good. You we have been prepared for something like this. You'll keep your job. Next month, I'm let go per- permanently. Like Wow. I was not very happy about it, but I wasn't happy with the job. Like I said, it was bad conditions to work in. And plus, with the red chipping, I noticed I can make more like $5 more an hour than I would be if I was welding.
0: Oh, wow. Based off of EV, not just
2: off of EV, right? Yeah. If I had a perfect game.
0: Yeah. So, so yeah, what, what'd you do? There's a pandemic going on. Obviously, casinos shut for a bit, but then they reopen. And wh- where'd you go from there?
2: Yeah. I continued my training. Um, I hit my, my first goal, uh, it was a five figure goal, mm-hmm. nice. low, low, low five figure goal from red chipping. And so I began to up my best spread and play mainly double deck. Um, mm-hmm. and that I went through swings I've never seen before. When I first up my best spread, it was making me nervous, but I ended up going through a lot of swings and variants and with where my game was at, I believe it was perfect. I ended up hitting another goal
0: of five figures. So, how long did it take to reach that first five-figure goal? How many hours?
2: So, I'd say I think it was like 250, 300 hours. Uh huh. Uh huh. And then, and, and then when after I upped my best word for the second goal I wanted to reach, um, I went through a four hundred hour break-even streak. Oh man! And right after that, right following right after that, I had a two hundred hour losing streak. Oh, man. And I was just getting so worried. Like, what am I doing? <laughs> and what happened? <laughs> so so when that happened, uh, I was feeling discouraged. Uh, at this time, I've met other people and had a small network. I, when I was in Vegas, one of the times I met Burning Down the House. Mm-hmm. At a At a bar, we grabbed a beer together, and we've been in touch ever since so I was on the phone with him when I was going through this bad streak four hundred hours a break even and two hundred were losing and I, I remember being in the parking lot of a, a shop and I had my last like four thousand dollars left mm. of everything I've made so I call him and I ask him what i I should do. I'm about to go in the shop I'm down to like my last four thousand dollars of everything I've gone through and He said, okay, this is what you need to do. You should resize your best friend. I told him about the minimum I'm playing, what kind of game it is, the rules, everything. He just punched it in all for me while I was on the phone. And he helped me figure it all out, what to do next, and just stick to your game and go in there and keep playing. Mm -hmm. And that really helped me. Having him to talk to about what I should do while I was feeling discouraged, it just helped me keep going. He said, just keep playing, stick to your game, and use the best, thread. And when I walked out of that shop, I was back to five figures again.
0: Mm. Man, that basically, you know, six 600 hours or more, you know, were you wondering, like, get your game tested at any point? Were you thinking about quitting at any point?
2: Oh, yeah. I thought about quitting many times. Yeah. <gasps> but I also thought about, I've been through all this. I trust my game. And why did I do all of that? Should I keep going? Like, it wouldn't be worth it if I stopped now, right? Uh how were you able to um like cover your
1: expenses while you were going through this incredibly long break-even streak playing at
2: low stakes back then i wish i would have thought about this i should have done that back then is sign up for rewards rewards programs and like hotel hotel rewards programs to get free rooms eventually but uh i did play rated in the beginning i kind of wish i wouldn't have now but i i played rated at some places and had some free rooms and uh rental cars I, I got discounts through so my parents worked for boeing and they would get rental car discounts and that's how i would keep my expenses pretty low oh, oh cool
0: so this 600 hours was that about a year or or half a year uh, right i'd say i'd say a little under a year okay and you said you're down to your last 4000 was that of profit or of of your starting bankroll.
2: Oh, yeah, that was of my starting bankroll. Yeah. Oh, no, so so no no. So I started with two thousand dollars from the very start.
0: Uh huh. Yeah,
2: and that was uh just saved saved money.
0: Yeah, yeah, and so you're you're down to four grand. You've been grinding for close to a year, but you're trusting your game. Did you ever get get it evaluated anytime in that six hundred hours? Um, besides
2: boot camp. Yeah, I don't believe so. No.
0: If you had to do over, would you have somewhere in there?
2: Yeah, it would have been smart too.
0: Even just for your own confidence, maybe.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And I I did the, I stuck to training like every day. I wasn't like obsessed, but even when I was working, I would do, uh, I'd count down decks on work breaks. After work, I'd start training. Sometimes before work, I would train on my phone. Like I I was pretty, uh, excited to get it down person
1: that's just nauseating when like you you have did you have like the whole four thousand like in your pocket when you're going to play like that's everything so then you can just feel the size of your pocket like yeah getting like smaller and smaller it's like oh my gosh this is like all my bankroll and i can feel it literally going away yes every hand it's just oh i remember those days when you're starting out and you just you just the bankroll so small you have it all on you you know and it's and it's just the hands go by and it's like wow you're seeing it in real time. Like exactly. Uh,
0: so you're uh you're down to your last four thousand, and I mean, after such a horrific losing or not winning streak, I guess both, you, you downsize your betting after talking to burn down the house, and then you, and then you win six grand or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean I don't know. There's there's Classic. I'm so glad you you resized your betting because it's the right thing to do. But uh but then you get some crazy positive variance after you downsize your betting. It's just, you know. Uh, oh yeah,
2: you, we all know that's how it goes, right? Right when you up your, <laughs> right, right when you up your bet spread, you get slaughtered. And then, yeah, right when you raise it,
0: it's like when the dealer, you know, you drop your bet because the count drops, and then you get a blackjack. And the dealer's like, "It's always when you drop your bet that you get a blackjack." Or <laughs> like, right, yep, does feel that way? But you know, you did the right thing. You kept yourself in the game. You know, um, right and and so then what you know you're, you're back to it's like just when you think you're out they pull you back in you're back at five figures um did did things turn around from there Are you back to you know glory shoe after glory shoe or
2: <laughs> no it was a uh, it was i went so i went through that 200 hour break even and like going on trips during that i was putting in a lot of hours and going through a lot of variance and dealing with some heat at this point and it was just getting frustrating because I'd go on trips and come back home with less money or, or the same amount I left with. And I was like, should I even keep doing this? And yeah, so the network I had just really helped with that. I just kept talking to other players and seeing what they're going through, trusted my skills. Were you just
1: kind of doing like a just get in your car and just drive around or were you flying strategically to certain
2: places? Like how did you choose where to play? Yeah, no. So in the beginning, I stuck with my local place, and then I eventually started driving further out. How long did you last at your local? I was told one of the shops I was playing at my local was pretty tolerant. That's changed since now, but um, I got in a lot of hours there. Let's say like four hundred hours uh-huh. before they started like taking big notice. Like when I had to go do bigger cash outs, they would demand yeah. to show a player's card or ID. And what what was your?
1: I'm assuming the top bet was fairly low at that point to get in that many hours locally.
2: Right. Yeah. It was a really low best spread. And I believe that's why, like if I was betting two by 500 from the start, I think that would take much more notice. Yeah. Well, what was your top bet from when I first started red shipping is like $80. Okay. And then I progressed like very slowly. I would go like up to two by, I was going to two by 80 and then I went to two by 90 and then two by 200 or two by 100. I I, prog- I, played very conservative in the beginning and yeah, cool. went very slow. I went from $10 tables to $15 tables. And then once I was able to play higher minimums, I, I switched to straight double deck and only double deck $25 I mean.
0: So we're, where we're at in the story is, you know, you you had the break even stretch, but you kind of, you got back to five figures, but you're having some, you know, some heat or some back offs and, and just not, not winning did is that is that where we're at now today or or what's kind of how things transpire?
2: Yeah so I just kept like I said I just kept building my spread uh, along with the games I was able to play and so I went from playing red chips, ten dollar tables and where I'm at today I can now play black chips on the regular um just betting with the spread or, or betting with the count like true two 200 true three three hundred true four all the way up to five 500.
0: So, so it did grow. Uh, how long was this stretch from going, you know, eighty bucks to to being able to bet up to two by five hundred? I mean, that's that's pretty sizable bankroll to get to that that bet spread.
2: Yeah. So I started uh, my red chip spread. I started November two thousand nineteen up until now. Um, so two years. We've Gone mm-hmm. through two years, and uh, my career hours would be eleven hundred and sixty nine.
0: So eleven eleven hundred, almost twelve hundred hours, and still going. Oh yeah, still going. And so it's it's funny how you know we as card carriers tell the story. It's you know from the outside it's, it sounds like all struggle and resistance, but then it's like oh yeah, and now two by five hundred, still going twelve hundred twelve hundred hours in. So clearly, in between these really brutal losing or not winning streaks, there <laughs> in between all those has been winning, growing increasing ev per hour all that
2: yeah and i learned so much along the way and having a network has helped me a lot too
0: yeah I- explain what you mean by that um just
2: like uh so i have a core group from the midwest meetup group and we all talk daily uh, about what we are going through or ideas we have or whatever we want to talk about and so i stay in touch with them every day and then outside of that, I, I meet other players in the field and, and sometimes I'll, I'll talk to them and get their number, start a network like that as well. When you, um, like when you would leave to
1: go on a trip, like how long were these trips? Were you away from home? Like, were you just gone for months at a time or would you play for like a couple of weeks, come back, take a break? Like how, I'd,
2: I'd go on a trip for, I'd plan a trip for four to six days and then come back home i just go play constantly while I'm on that trip, get as many hours as I possibly can, and then come back home. And literally, I get home, and I plan the very next trip I'm going to go on. How long uh, did you like rest for before you go back out? Um, I was pretty determined. I didn't really rest much. (laughs) I was like, okay, I can go uh, in two days from now. I can go on my next trip. And then I was planning the next trip after that. Got, like, should I leave from where I'm going next to go to the next trip or should I come mm-hmm. back home first? You know what I mean? But I wasn't gone for months
0: at a time, no. Was Was that because of responsibilities or just it? it's just what worked for you?
2: It just
1: is what worked for me. What uh, What did your friend's family, significant other, like, what do they think about the, you leaving all the time? And
2: So I, I explained the math to them, uh, my girlfriend at the time. And. Than my parents i just explained the math and no matter how much i explained it my dad would still ask me every time uh after a session i told him about he he'd, <laughs> he'd say how much did you make did you win or lose And i'm like dad <laughs> it doesn't yeah. matter like over time you can ask me but if you want to ask me every single time i'm going to tell you like this doesn't matter but i lost this much or i won this much well to be
1: fair uh, someone who doesn't know anything about card counting and then you're going through a 400 hour break even streak. I feel like, uh, yeah, I might be in the same boat asking those questions if I didn't know anything about how it works. Just like, so does this actually work? Like you've been breaking even for 400 hours.
0: <laughs> it, was, it was actually a 400 hour losing streak followed by a 200 hour <laughs> oh. break even, like from the outside. It's like, Oh, well he's getting lucky for 200 hours and not losing. <laughs> Yeah. The rest of the time, but but yeah, I, I mean, it, I guess you can do do what you can do. Show them, yeah, twenty one the movie or or <laughs> oh, Holy Rollers or or Inside the Edge or something to try to help people get it. But it's it's hard to get people to get it.
2: Right. If you don't go through it on your own, it's kind of hard to understand that it's over
0: time, uh, the long run game. Yeah. I mean, and and it does. It just sounds crazy. Yeah. If I divorce myself from you know the twenty years of knowing about card counting and advantage play. It does sound crazy that you'd spend six hundred hours to lose money. You know, be like, dude, you need to get a job. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
2: yeah, you know? but but dad, you don't understand. I'm generating EV for <laughs> the next like, hundred hours.
0: <laughs> says every degenerate. No, I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> uh, but, you know that's actually interesting. You've got twelve hundred hours. You've basically spent half of your career in like brutal losing or break even. And then the other half, uh, the opposite, the opposite, but man, what a weird job to spend half the time. You know, I mean, I guess it's maybe like that for professional athletes, half the teams have to be losing teams. (laughs) That's gotta be brutal. Like lace up every, every day or whatever to, to lose half the time.
2: Um, right. That's actually something I kind of wanted to ask you guys and talk about. So You hear about uh, like Yoshi for an example, he started out and had amazing variants at first, right? Like like what Mm -hmm. like so I when I first started out, I didn't have the greatest variants or I went through swings. Like so if you first start out and you have all these upswings over and over and over, like and you keep playing later, is this variance gonna equal out and you start losing a lot of money? Like isn't it kind of better how I started out in the beginning not having crazy upswings over and over? Like I had swings, right? It kind of equaled out. So isn't it kind of better to have that in the beginning where you you start out not having crazy upswings so that you're not expecting to lose later on?
0: Yeah, probably. Uh, like if if you know, I would imagine if all you do is win, and I I did, I had a season. It was like a a year or or so with the first team I was on where, I mean, I was, I was just like, you know, uh, the, my teammate would say I had a horseshoe up my ass. I just couldn't lose. Um, and yeah, then, then when you come down from that, it doesn't feel great. Um, again, I think that's why, you know, we're, Data only does so much. You could talk about EV or whatever. Story is far more powerful, and so that's where I think the networking is so important. It's one thing to tell yourself, "Like, well, I'm generating EV while I lose week after week after week." But if you are in relationship with people that you know, like like your Midwest group, like that's that's brilliant because there's story attached to it that that I think our brains are more trained to uh, you know be impacted by. So if it's like, yeah. Uh, I'm losing. I'm talking to this guy. They're winning. And then at a different point in in uh, the timeline, I'm winning. They're losing. You know that that can just help to counterbalance. You know, if you're in a vacuum and you're like, I'm generating EV while I get you know get my butt kicked day after day. Um, I think if you could choose, yeah, probably. I, I I guess if you could choose, you'd have you know. N- no radical swings one way or the other but if it were one or the other probably best to you know uh have some bumps in the road early on so that you know what to expect
2: yeah and for feeling wise like like for feeling it out in the beginning i think that kind of matters
0: yeah feeling out losses you mean
2: yeah or massive wins and yeah. continuing playing <laughs>
0: man I, I suppose it's really nice to win initially to build that bankroll, but um, but then you risk if you're used to winning, you know you risk not downsizing your betting, so it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. tough
1: yeah that's that's the risk is if you don't have the proper training ahead of time and you haven't heard like the life lessons, then yeah, if you just go on a huge upswing, then when things start to go south you might not be as disciplined as someone who does have the knowledge of like okay this is what's going to happen this is probably how it's going to swing and
0: yeah, yeah man so. it's true you you really do have to experience it <laughs> uh, right. and I, I i hear that all all the time people that you know oh yeah i was up this and then lost it all back and and uh it's it's really the learning those lessons the painful way you know, um, I've said this before, but my first team is four of us and and well, it was actually three of us, uh, me, Ben, and Jeff, and, and we joined up with a fourth guy that had a lot more experience than us, and we were playing at five percent risk of ruin, and we thought we were just being super conservative or you know, we we're being <laughs> smart. And he's like with the swings I've had, there's no way I'll play at 5% risk. He he forced us to play at 1% risk of ruin. And it felt like, geez, what's this guy's deal. And now it's like, <laughs> even 1%, you know, man, you could have some crazy swings and you gotta be ready to downsize your betting even when you're playing 1%. So uh, yeah, if you just win right at the beginning, it, it, it could be really dangerous later on though, you know, you can build a bankroll real quick if you win right off the bat.
1: So what, with all like the uh, swings and, you know, all the negative stuff that was happening, what made you want to keep going? Like what, what about car counting was like worth it to you versus going back to try to
2: find like another welding job or going back that route? Like, well, it made more money than my welding job for one and e- two. eventually. Of, of, yeah, eventually. And I, I wanted to travel. Um, I really liked traveling and Meeting people that were also doing this, and I was just really determined from the very start. I was determined to get it down perfect, uh, to go to a boot camp and meet people that were doing this professionally. I was just really determined to to succeed at this.
0: And you know, you're almost twelve hundred hours in, a couple years in. Um, what are some of the Things that have been surprising, just different than what you were expecting. You know, like what things did you maybe have rose-colored glasses about, or what what things have been pleasant surprises, either positive or negative?
2: What surprised me is is how much the casinos don't want card counters in their in their shops. Like, like I'm doing something that I've learned, and I'm doing it well, and they're not. They're like I feel like I'm in trouble for doing it. I didn't expect that. Like, yeah, I've heard about backoffs and all that, but the rudeness that is coming from certain casino personnel—that was pretty surprising. It's like they take it personally.
0: Yeah, it really is. When you step back and think about it, it's it's pretty wild. I don't know if that'll ever change, or you know, at least they're not you know roughing people up uh, as often as as 50 years ago. But it is surprising that that they haven't figured out, like, oh yeah. You know, I listened to the the podcast you guys, the Tens and Aces one, you and Burn down the House did, and and yeah, that we're thinking like they are, <laughs> and that they treat us so differently. <laughs> Thought that was a good way of putting it.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. We're thinking just like they are to make money, but they hate us for doing that,
0: and we're being honest about it, and they're not exactly. What what about uh. You know, you said you mentioned that you wish you wouldn't have played rated. Has has any of that changed as far as approach of playing rated and unrated? Both both as your network has changed, or as your betting has changed, um, or how it's affected your ability to get in hours?
2: Um, I think it was okay to to play rated in the beginning. Maybe just like to pick one company, like like pick Caesars and stick with Caesars only in the beginning, just so that you can have one place to rely on for free rooms possibly or some free meals here and there but i am now that i'm at where i'm at now i completely disagree with being rated at all that's interesting
0: if you had to do over you would have been rated at some chain where you knew the risk but but other than that just just never no no way ever period
2: right well actually i kind of take that back now because the last trip i was on uh Like, like my network has really helped me in these decisions because I wouldn't know these things before I go. But on the last trip I was on, I was told by people in my network that I can go to this place and play rated. Like, I was like, "Are you serious? Like, I can like, should I even believe that?" (laughs) But because I've never done that, like, I've never gone and planned to play rated and get in the many as many hours as I did. But that's what happened on my last trip. So there's there are still places out there that you can come across that you can for sure, play rated and, and get all the comps and everything and still get in hours. But that's rare. It's, it's rare in my situation.
0: And how, you know, I'm assuming at some point you got database. Yeah, I'm 100% data, database. And how has that impacted you? Or, or do you know how it's impacted you? To an extent,
2: I know it's impacted me. I don't know if it's all because of that or just my style of play. It's hard to figure that out. But I, I don't know exactly when I was database, and I wasn't like calculating. Oh, I'm getting this much less time in now. But I do believe it has something to do with it um, being database that it, it's hard to get as much time in as I was in the beginning. But I'm still getting time in. It's just a little harder to find. Like when I go to market a market, and I, I have five casinos, it, I have to now search for the one shift. Out of those five casinos that's gonna let me play instead of being able to play all of those casinos like I was in the beginning,
0: it's also hard to know how much that is what you're betting now compared to what you're betting in the beginning
2: right, yeah, that definitely has something to do with it as well now that I'm betting two by five hundred for example it it shows up like it's, you get more attention for that obviously than rather than going two by one hundred
1: what do you say what do you say uh is your story for like why you're in that town when a dealer asks you like what
2: you're doing here or whatever. Yeah. So I might've stolen this from, from other people, but uh, (laughs) I'll say like something that they won't want to keep talking to me about. Like I'll say I'm in town for a funeral, blah, blah, (laughs) blah. (laughs) Or I'll I'll say, uh, so I have a family member that's into the CBD and THC business. (laughs) And I I've used that as well. Like uh, I'll say I'm in town checking out the area for my so-and-so's business uh, we're trying to reach out and figure out if we should move to the area. I'll just say something
0: like that. Was that RX Gamble? Did she write a blog post about that?
2: About the funeral?
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that's where I got that from. Yeah, that's a good. It's a good blog post. She's man. She's such a talented writer, but also just the way she's thought through advantage play is pretty pretty inspiring. If if people are listening and haven't checked out her uh, her blog, uh, personally, I recommend it.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I've read off her stuff and followed her. And yeah, she's very known in the AP community. My uh, teammates
1: and I, once we were in this um, really small town and we had to explain like why we were there. And we we're like, Oh, we're, you know, we came to go look at some rental properties that we're going to buy, you know, to rent out, you know, we're in real estate and all this stuff. And then the dealer of course was like a real estate agent. <laughs> And then he was asking us all these questions. We had no idea, like what he was talking about or what. I don't. I don't know oh, how we shoot. slipped out of that conversation, but it was just
0: so awkward. Did you have to have the dealer show you around the properties just to keep <laughs> keep your cover? Yeah, no, you could say, "Oh no, we already have a realtor." Oh, who? Oh, I can't think yeah. of their name. <laughs> well, who do they work with?
1: Yeah, oh, I don't and know. he was asking us about all these loan rates, all these like specific things to that county, and we were just like, we
0: have no idea, you know.
2: Right. So it's good that it's good to have those stories in your mind before you go in and you're asked. You, you already know what to say. You're prepared.
0: Yeah. I think that was kind of uh, her point in the in the blog post is to really think through the story so so that you have an answer ready, uh, which is definitely not how I approached it plenty of times. Um, but but it's it's smart, it makes it makes sense. Uh, you know, another thing you mentioned in the tens and aces is doing a trip bankroll. Uh, with burn down the house, do you still do trip bankroll stuff or what, what were the logistics of, of doing that?
2: Yeah. So I actually, we, or I haven't done a combined trip bankroll since then, not because of the results, but it just, I haven't come across the opportunity. Uh, We haven't talked about it yet, but that was my first time actually doing a combined trip bankroll that trip that, uh, whenever we did the TNA podcast, that trip we were on, we were still on the trip and we did that podcast. And, um, it was an experience. Um, I will be honest. I wasn't comfortable with the max bets we were using because I was Mm -hmm. still at two by 400. And I'll just say, uh, on that trip we were doing two by a thousand. Yeah. And yeah, that's, (laughs) that's like nosebleeds compared to what I was used to. Like the yeah. swings, I mean, the swings for that can be insane.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes, they can. And, and you're CTRing so fast.
2: Yes. And up to that point, I have yet to even have a win or loss of five figures or more off of one table. Like I've had swings up and down between shops of that much, but all from one table has yeah. yet to happen. And that, that's what happened on that trip is I literally swung down 10,000 on a table and in the same shoe came back up 11,000 before that shoe ended. And I was just like, "Holy crap!"
0: You know, I I wonder for for card counters that have a network of people that they really trust. I wonder why people don't have a piece of each other's action a little bit more. That's really common in poker, to, that people have a piece of you know another poker player's action. It's it's a way to kind of um, counteract variance. But you know, let's say you and I each have a fifty k bankroll on our own. What if I vouch for 10K of your bankroll, you vouch for 10K of mine, uh, just as a way to, you know, um, have not be in it alone and, you know, counter, counteract some of the variance a little bit. I don't know. Maybe it's just not worth the complication and just suck it up and, and deal with the variance. But um, I feel like there's some other people. I don't remember if Tommy Hyland, if that's how he does it. Um, but I don't know. Just thinking out loud here. Yeah, that's an idea. What do you think, Joe? Would you do that?
1: I think maybe the um, end zero, like it's just so long, Uh, but poker, I mean, end zero is so long. So I think maybe that's what's like discouraging people from doing it more often.
0: Well, I guess you'd have to know when, when you're going to end a bankroll, but um, I don't know, man, I, I guess if I were playing full time, if I were playing full time, Joe, you're playing full time. I feel like I'd be like, Hey, you know, I'll take. 20% of of your action and, you know, vice versa. And at the end of the year, I'm sure it doesn't truly matter if we're both playing perfectly over a lifetime, but it just with how much, you know, the the variance is a part of it. It's a variance and just feeling in it alone. Um, It would create a way to not be in it alone, but I don't know, maybe I'm overthinking it.
1: I think, I think my, I think why I never wanted to was just because I I don't know I have a certain certain style of play and I know a lot of other players don't play as aggressive as I do. So,
0: oh man, I'll take a piece of your action. I'm t- <laughs> maybe maybe not maybe not twenty percent, maybe ten percent.
1: <laughs> um, so I just don't know if they're doing the same things as I'm doing. And no. It's not like I'm like I'm not aggressive as in I'm gambling and I'm betting way more than I'm max. I'm just like you know just longing in and out a lot more often and yeah. And than other people so I, I would just want them to do the same so it's hard to find that match yeah where the other person is the exact same way and,
0: and it could be the same like maybe you'd have a hard time you know uh, covering someone's bankroll if you know that they're not as aggressive as you maybe it's like what's the point this guy's not longing in and out as crazy as I am yeah
2: yeah so if it makes sense and you have a calculated risk you trust it all and so that's what I, I would go forward with doing it. if I trust it, it, it's a calculated risk and it makes sense to do it for your situation. I go forward with it.
0: Yeah. Well, people can think about, it. let me know, uh, you know, tell me how I'm wrong <laughs> wrong here, but uh, <laughs> getting, getting back to you and your solo, aside from the the experiment with the joint bankroll, how do you on your own personal bankroll decide when to end a trip and when to close a bankroll or pay yourself?
2: Um, so at the, so NO um, I'd read either reach those hours and see where I'm at, if I'm close to EV or not, or I would have a hit EV and that's when I would close that, uh, bankroll that where I reach EV for that trip.
0: Okay. So, so explain it one more time. So you, you try to play for N zero number of hours. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So I, I would keep my N zero for one trip at, or. Uh, if I'm playing straight double deck, I'll leave it at like 45, 50 hours, and I'll get in oh, wow. that many hours on yeah. that trip.
0: And so 84% of your trips, you should have a non, uh, a, a positive or non-negative result. You should be at zero or, or in the positive 84% of the time if you're, if you're hitting N0 for every trip. And so then you yes. just pay yourself or decide after each trip what you're going to do. <laughs>
2: Right. Yeah, at the end of each trip, uh everything I've made goes straight back into the bankroll and I restart.
0: Uh-huh. And so you f- you feel like that gives you a goal every trip like hey, I want to play N zero number of hours every trip. Yeah, so that's
2: how I understood it since the beginning and I kind of just stuck with that. That's yeah. where I'm at now. Is that is that that's not the wrong way of doing it, is it?
0: There's there's no wrong way <laughs> of doing it if you're okay. generating EV and and managing your bankroll, you know. Um yeah, no. I mean, uh that it's like I said, it's gonna give you a 84% chance of being in the positive on on a trip. So that's uh, not too shabby. You're gonna have those crappy whatever that is one in eight, one in seven trips where it's a bad one, but majority of the time you, you should have made some profits.
2: Nice, yeah. And actually, I, I have a kind of funny story of how we ended the trip bankroll, the yeah. combined trip bankroll with me and Burn down the house. So. We, like I said, the results were not what we wanted. Um, The swings were intense. Uh, It wasn't going the way we wanted.
0: What I understood from the podcast, you guys got crushed.
2: Yeah. uh, It wasn't (laughs) a winning trip, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So we, uh, I was leaving town the next day at the end of the trip, and we were down a lot of money. So I was like, okay, I'm leaving town tomorrow. Let's do the chop. Let's split the losses, and I'll be on my way. So we agreed to that. And his flight didn't leave until the next uh, day after mine was leaving. So he stayed in town another day after I left. And he he played one of the shops that we've already both been backed off from. We couldn't get any more time at. Well, he went back to that same shop on a different shift and ended up playing, I think it was like 12 hours is what he got to. And he won back all of our losses from the combined trip bankroll. Oh my gosh. Plus plus, plus another, uh, I won't say the amount, but another amount of money that was over the amount we lost.
0: Oh my gosh.
2: So, so uh, I guess I should have stayed in town.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, should have, could have, would have, who knows he could have kept losing, but, but But that's
2: that's, just how it goes. Uh, I decided to split the loss and get out of town and he stuck around and that's just
0: how it went. That's funny. That's funny. Um, so what about, uh, dealing with kind of the, the grind of being on the road alone? I mean, it seems like you have a huge asset having a group of people to keep in touch with. Um, right. But in, anything else that you can share?
2: Um, just with dealing with the stress of doing this job nonstop, like when I'm out on trips, I, I get hours. That is all I'm there for besides here and there, I'll go take a break and enjoy the scenery wherever I'm at. But I'm there at a good hour, so that's what I'm doing. But with dealing with the stress of all that, um, I've learned this from another AP, actually, is meditating uh, after or even before stressful sessions. Meditating has taken me further than I thought it would have. Just staying calm and, and in the right mindset. Have you tried meditating in between every hand? <laughs> <laughs> no i haven't found time for that
0: <laughs> well you are playing a lot of double deck it can be slow <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're like sir do you want to check your hand hold on i'm meditating <laughs>
2: <laughs> actually i i've i've worked into playing a lot more six deck i want to talk about that i, I burnt oh. all of the six or all of the double deck early on got burnt uh i i got noticed doing that so i kind of wish i wouldn't have burnt all of my good double deck games from when I first started because I'm now having to resort to more six deck games, which isn't a big issue. It's just, you know, the end N-O though is a little more and uh, the EV is a little less.
0: Am I right? Uh, it de- it depends on a lot of the variables, but, you know, right. um, generally if it's a good double deck, generally, um, but what we can always try to do with six deck is what, I mean, if you're, if you're good, if you're a pro and can play perfectly and play fast, you can try to make up for the generally, you know, lower EV per, per hand by just playing more hands per hour. Very true. And that's something I've concentrated on a lot lately. <laughs> no time to meditate at six. No. <laughs>
2: something burn, burn Down the House has taught me is to look for fast dealers and uh, less crowded tables. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of that, like, you pretty much got
1: the bulk of your career hours, you know, pandemic hours. So how, how has that been? Like, are you playing... Mostly at like busy tables, or like are you able to get any heads up now, or
2: yeah now now I've been concentrating on playing heads up, especially with faster dealers, and whether it's six deck or double deck, but in the beginning uh at the beginning, I was playing crowded tables, I was basically just playing whatever. How often are you able to get like a table to yourself these days? uh depending on which market i'm in um pretty- pretty often, depending oh, cool. on what day of the week it is, and nice, yeah.
0: And I imagine having a higher, being able to afford a higher minimum bet gets you to tables that can be less crowded. It's really tough when you're, you know, playing the $10 tables to get it. It's basically impossible.
2: When you're playing whatever everybody else is playing, yeah, it's kind of hard to get the fast hands per hour. Yeah, higher stakes, higher stakes, uh, high limit rooms. Um, Sometimes just even if you can't find a table, that's less crowded you can just ask if you're in the high limit room ask if they have an extra dealer to put on this table by yourself
0: absolutely
1: it doesn't hurt to ask um looking
2: at some of your pictures
1: i you're some of these pictures you're really covered up like you know you have like the face mask all the way up to your nose and you know hat and everything are you still getting recognized like by name using that much facial coverage or
2: yeah, there's um, times I walk in, I can't even play a hand before they're calling yeah. me by name. Even though I've tried disguises, like I have long hair, and I'll tuck it up under a beanie or a hat where it doesn't look like I have any hair. Mm-hmm. And there's times they'll call me by name before I play, and then there's times I'll get in 10 hours. Yeah, disguises are uh, something uh, I've progressed to figure out. Uh, I haven't gone fully onto wigs yet, or... Uh, Troll wigs like Joe. <laughs> Maybe one That's day. It's a secret. You're gonna let me borrow that. Yeah.
0: So you mentioned earlier that that one of the reasons you wanted to stick with this or do this rather than you know get a different jobby job is that that you wanted to travel. <laughs> um, is there anything that you particularly like to do or enjoy doing when you're on the road, not in a casino? Anything you uh, make sure happens in your travels?
2: Um, just enjoying the scenery. And if there's a beach, I'm a beach bum. I like to be on the beach. Yeah. So. Well, I think everybody likes the beach though. So that's a uh. normal, um, besides that, just enjoying the different foods.
0: Do you, do you, uh, check Yelp for, you know, top rated places to no. eat or no, no, that's- not really. How do you choose where to go?
2: Yeah, I'll ask the dealers that are dealing with me where they eat.
0: <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Yeah. And they're like the deli, the casino buffet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so does that make you prioritize coastal cities more, enjoying the beaches?
2: Actually, yeah. Yeah, I, I think it was, was it Richard Munchkin that said it, that while you're doing this in the high stakes AP, you could go a whole year without dealing with a winter.
0: Yeah Uh
2: (laughs) uh-huh that's something that's uh, a goal of mine
0: (laughs) yeah that's smart anything anything you still hope to accomplish outside of the casino in during your ap career uh what do you mean i don't know just (laughs) any you're like oh man uh
2: besides besides traveling to places i've never been before yeah uh, i'm not sure
0: international
2: I haven't done that yet. I actually got my passport recently, so I I can go to Canada
0: and whatnot. So there you go. There's something still on the.
2: Yeah. So that. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: What What are your thoughts on which What do you want to do next? Or you know, is there any thought into that, or is it just keep counting cards uh, until you don't want to do it anymore?
2: So I didn't really have this goal since I first started, but since I progressed and I, I got the money to to be able to to do this with. Um, and I, I, I need to because I'm looking at houses to flip. Now that I, I need to buy a house for myself, anyways, uh, I'm looking into doing real estate and flipping houses.
0: Mm-hmm. Right and that,
2: that's not that's not my only option. That's just an idea because I do need to get a house anyway. And that's a now that I have the money, I can do that. But that's not the only option. I, I might invest in a CBD THC company. Like I said, that's uh-huh. in the family.
0: The house thing, it makes sense if you have the money to do it because you're saving rent yourself, you know, rent is kind of just, uh, but you get better rates when you buy owner occupied. Um, so that's, that's a a place some people do, Hey, buy it, live in it for a year or two, improve the quality of it. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, and then either sell it or, or rent it out or refinance it, pull the money out, do it again.
2: Yeah, and there's there's friends of mine that that know a lot about that that they're kind of schooling me on. Mm-hmm. So the the opportunity is there, and I need a house anyway. I might as well try to figure that out.
0: Just make sure you research it with the same ferocity that you got into card counting, because we gambled in real estate and lost so much money. Because we're like, oh, we're smart. We counted cards. Uh, let's just <laughs> leverage everything we have with terrible interest rates, and you know, I'm sure we'll make money. And uh
2: but, i remember hearing that
0: yeah yeah so for anyone out there listening you know uh i forget there, there's a name for it but the logical fallacy which is like oh if you've had success in one thing surely you'll have success in the next well not always so <laughs> <laughs> invest it wisely
1: you know spending all your hours in casinos have you seen anything like weird or unusual or any like interesting off stories you've had
2: oh yeah uh one of my most recent visits to Vegas, I ended had to end up calling gaming three different times within that week. So let me give you one one example. I was at—I'll just say the shop. I was at Boulder Station, and I was playing a double deck game. It looked like a pretty new dealer. Actually, I know she was new because I was asking her how long she'd been dealing for, it and she's, she said she's been there less than a month. It's like okay, and I'm starting to get a little bit of heat. The pit boss is on the phone. He comes over and. I have max bets out right now, by the way. And he, he tells me no more blackjack. I was like, okay, gotcha. And my bets stay in the circle. And since I remember this dealer said, she's pretty new. I just kind of like sat there and acted like I was looking at my phone and my bets are in the circles. I'm like kind of watching them. And she, I'm waiting for her to start dealing. Cause and correct me if I'm wrong, when they start dealing are they, and they give you cards, they're not allowed to back them up. Am I right?
0: Yeah, they have to let you play out the hand.
2: Right, so that's that was my goal in this situation, is you better deal the deal to me, because I might have got max bets out, <laughs> and I got like a sky-high uh, sky count. So I wait around for her to start dealing. Well, she starts dealing, and as soon as she gives me my first card, it's an ace. She gives me my second card, it's an ace. Yes. And the, yeah, I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> I got one more hand in, right? Well, the pit boss comes over and says, I told you no more you got to take your chips and leave. And I said, I'm sorry, sir, but I'm not to be rude or anything, but she started dealing and I got bets in the circle. Is it not against the law to take cards off the table and take my bets out of the circle? Now that she's already started dealing like not to be rude, but I I, like, I'm working for the CV, you know? So (laughs) (laughs) especially with max bets out in the sky high account and two aces in front of me with max bets. So, uh, he, reaches and takes the two aces and and pushes them back in the suit the shoe takes takes the cards out and shuffles them and i'm like that's not even your job man like let the dealer do that and she's dealt the cards you're not allowed to back them up and he goes back to the phone i grab my phone i start recording it i tell him i'm starting to call gaming blah, blah blah this isn't what is supposed to be happening and uh by this time i got security guards around me and all that and I actually do call gaming and let them know what happened, but they ended up telling me I am in the right. They they are not supposed to do that. That is not normal procedure. They can't back cards up. Uh, you're in the right, but since you didn't receive your second card on your aces, there's no way to tell you would have won the hand. So uh, you need, did you, you need explain
0: to them that that uh, an ace is your first card is worth fifty percent?
2: Oh yeah, <laughs> I was excited. <laughs> I had to tell them. <laughs> oh. oh. So they they told me to take my bets out of the circle and and go cash out if that's able to be able to happen. So that's what I did. Jeez. And they they ended up uh, gaming ended up emailing me saying to uh, write up a full report and send it to them, and they'll they'll uh, investigate every procedure and rule that they have at that casino because of this.
0: Man, I hope it costs them the casino. I hope it costs them in fines a lot more Same. than uh, the EV of of that that round of blackjack but yeah if you had like let's just say two five hundred dollar bets out there the ev of those two hands is 500 bucks I yeah mean, that's gosh that's that could be hours of of ev right bets.
2: oh and it didn't actually end there i walked out and uh i was i walked out the wrong door i was on the whole other side oh, of the no. casino right <laughs> yeah so i get outside and there's a security guard on a bike and I, he wasn't following me yet at this point or anything but i i was kind of amped up from what just happened. So I just kind of whooped at him. and said, "Well, give me a ride. I'm on the whole other side of the casino." And he just shrugged and said, "No." <laughs> and I uh, I'm walking for a couple of minutes and uh, looking behind me and this guy's following me. I was like, "Oh shit." And I realized this guy was going to be like following me after I said that to him. <laughs> and I get to the other side of the casino and there's more security guards on bikes and they're obviously waiting me waiting for me to go to my car so they can get my plate and all that. Well, I call uh, another AP I know and ask him what he thinks I should do, just walk off the property or go to my rental car to where they can get my plate. And then I'm screwed for the rest of the trip. Right. Well, I didn't want that to happen. So he, he said, he came up with this idea. He said, take your shirt off, wrap it around your license plate, jump in your car and leave as fast as possible. (laughs) (laughs) So I went ahead and did that. But as soon as I got to my door to get back in my car, after putting my shirt around my plate, security card stops me and says no 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 you're not leaving like that and he he went and yanked my shirt off the license plate through the parking lot yeah and i'm like God, yeah, i'm dealing with this now too so like you guys really get paid enough for this like come on so, <laughs> so i didn't ended up leaving without my shirt <laughs> uh,
0: wow well i mean you, you got to be careful when you're dealing with a biker gang like that
2: right <laughs> bicycle <laughs> security guard gang <laughs> Did you ask to get reimbursed for your $500 Gucci shirt? (laughs) No, I didn't. I went into the next casino without a shirt. No, no, I'm (laughs) not.
0: I want to see that picture in a a surveillance picture (laughs) of that. Any other stories you want to share with us?
2: Um, Let's see. There's just something funny that's happened. I was at one of the local shops I first started at. And being dumb, I, I... ended up giving them my player's card and they swipe it and immediately they they were looking at like it's obviously flagged so a uh older short pit boss lady she like didn't really seem like she knew what she was doing right and she got off the phone, came over to my table, and I have a full table. And she comes over and puts her hands on the table and, and announces extremely loud, we got an advantage player on the <laughs> table, guys. Sorry, but we're going to have to not deal the rest of the deck. And I was like, okay, I've never heard that one before. Thanks a lot. And they're all like looking at each other at the table, shaking their head. I'm not going to play this shoe if they're not going to deal the whole round so uh she's like looking at me with the side of her eye like obviously it's me you're making it pretty obvious i was like thanks a lot so i just left after that i've never had that one where they come over and That's, announce it to the whole it's, room
0: it's usually the exact opposite where they pull you away so that no one else knows that they don't deal to uh players that have a chance of winning
2: right i've had a couple of weird things happen like like that like uh a pit boss following me out the door after a routine back off and He's following me with a little, like, camera, like a handheld camera, not his phone or anything, just a, a normal camera. And he, he was walking behind me, and I looked up behind to see him, and he said, one last thing, sir, sir, for our record, he asked me to lower my mask, and he's holding up his camera straight to my face. <laughs> I said, sorry, man, nice try, but no thank you. Like, please do not take a picture of me. And again, said, don't you know there's a pandemic going on? Yeah, right exactly. <laughs> right, I should have said that. <laughs> And again, I get followed all the way out to the parking lot by security cars.
0: Not only are you backing me off, you're trying to give me COVID?
2: Yeah. Right.
0: Awesome. Any any other stories? You-
2: yeah. Is it okay if I share one more? Yeah. yeah. So this was when I was with burning down the house in a market we've been to over and over again, and we've taken money from them different times. But we were in this market one last time, and we were... For some reason, we're at the same table. He was, because uh, we hit, it wasn't much heat at all. Like we could play and do whatever, spread however we want. We, no heat yet. So we were doing this, and he was on uh, first base. I was on third base. All of a sudden, his eyes get super big, and he's looking over my shoulder, right? So I look over my shoulder, and there's suits gathering, manager, the pit boss that just got there is over there talking to him. I look back over at Burning Down the House, and he's gone. He disappeared. And I have stacks and sacks of, of chips in front of me. So I start to push them in the middle and I push one sack of green in the middle. And by the time I've done, I'm done doing that. They're behind me, tap me on the shoulder, shoulder saying, sir, can you please come with me? You need to come to my office. We need to talk about what you're doing. And I say, no, I'm not going with you anywhere. I'd like to just leave. That's all right. And they're being pretty rude and, and trying to really get me to follow them right now. And I'm declining. So he, the pit boss or the suit that was doing this to me, told the dealer to throw my chips in, in her rack what? And I was like, but she, but she hasn't chipped me out yet. She hasn't colored me up. He said, I don't care. So she did that. What? And I was like, I was like, sir, no, that is my property. That is my money. And I'm not leaving this table until I get it back. And it, I guess like he seen me start recording on my phone and everything. And he didn't want any, any problems further.
0: What was he thinking?
2: Yeah, that's crazy. Where was this? <laughs> it was in the South.
0: Okay. Oh my gosh.
2: Tribal or non tribal? Non tribal. Of course. And uh, she, I finally get. I I wasn't positive that I I put 500 in the middle and green. Like sometimes I make my chips look like 500, but it's really like 400 or, or so I make it look hard to see from the review to see if it's exactly 500. So I wasn't positive it was 500 that I colored up to. So they, they put it in the rack and I don't know exactly if it was 500. So I, Eventually got 500 out of that. Hopefully it exactly was 500. Yeah. And uh, they're still trying to get me to file them in, the, in their office or whatever. I decline and they say, okay, well, let's get these chips cashed out for you. And I was like, yeah, please. I wasn't going to color up anymore because they might do it yeah. wrong or, or, t- or keep them. So I have rolls of green and black in front of me. Put them all in my pocket. I'm carrying some. And they say, let's cash these out for you. And I was like, am I going to get the right amount? And are you guys going to like not keep them? And he's like, yeah. Like They started to kind of level with me. So they ended up cashing me out, and I left. And I haven't been back since. They told me to never come back. I actually never got a trespass from that. Uh, I expected man. a trespass.
0: Yeah, man. I can't I believe casinos still do this stuff. Yeah. Crazy. Well, I'm glad you got the money. But man, I feel like gaming needs to know about that
2: yeah i didn't actually i threatened to call gaming about that but i never yeah. did I, maybe i should have
0: i, I get it you know you're just trying to keep working you know um but man yeah. it just makes me really annoyed that casinos pull this stuff
2: right and looking back i could have probably gone a different way But i could have just walked out the door and
0: had someone else come back and cash them for me yeah so one last question to wrap it up. Are, are you glad you've gone this route? Do you feel like it's been, you know, uh, what you're hoping to get out of it?
2: Oh, yeah. I'm really happy I've stuck with it and gotten as many hours as I have. Happy I'm succeeding. I hope to continue succeeding in this. I'm going to play all of 2022, hopefully full-time. Um, last year, I got around 700 and something hours. This year, I'm I'm shooting for eight between 800 and 1,000. So hopefully nice. I can continue the success.
0: And hopefully the relationships along the way have been worth it, too.
2: Oh, 100%. The people I've met, the players that have helped me, it's been amazing. Hopefully you
1: can generate enough EV to buy a new shirt.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll buy a couple of new shirts. I gotta buy new disguises, I know that.
0: Yeah, pay for some uh, new license plates. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks for uh, taking the time to share your story with us. And if people have follow-up questions, we'll probably, I mean, we'll post this on the BJ forum and people can ask you there, hopefully, uh, if that's cool with you. And if people want to, yeah, ask questions, learn more, you can check out Black Check Apprenticeship. Otherwise, we will catch you guys next time.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me. And uh, any players that want to reach out, I love helping other new players. So feel free to reach out to me.
0: Awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks, Joe748. Thank you.